Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to another episode of Read It With Whiskey, the place for all sci-fi and fantasy readers to explore new books by self-published authors. And today's self-published author is one lady who can write very, very quickly. (laughs) But before we dive into that, my name is Laura Gentinen and I am your host. I am the author of the Shockwave series. The third and final installment of that trilogy will be coming out later this spring, so definitely stay tuned. Now let's talk about today's guest, Catherine Downen. Catherine Downen is the author of the Markings Trilogy. She recently graduated from Bradley University with a degree in mechanical engineering. She has always had a love for writing and a passion for telling stories. Currently, Catherine is working as a sustaining engineer in St. Louis by day while writing YA fantasy and YA contemporary novels. We talk about all of the different projects that this woman is working on, but today the main priority is The Markings, the first book in The Markings trilogy. So this is what it's all about. The frail fingers curl around the jagged rock. I press it into the stone wall and drag it up and down until a small groove forms. I drop the rock and step back, glancing over all the lines I've made. It is day 2436 of being in this prison with my mother and younger brother. Dather is an island that was once known as Oahu, a nation that rose from the ashes after an asteroid shower has divided itself when people began to discover their unique powers. At 16 years old, Adeline sits in prison with her mother and younger brother, and today is parting day where more prisoners will be executed. After seven years of being spared, Adeline's luck has run out, but she won't go quietly or easily. Her life depends on her ability to escape the grasps of the king and find a place of freedom. Discovering her unique powers is the turning point Adeline needs to get a second chance at her freedom. In this thrilling novel of friendship, family, and secrets, Adeline runs for her life and learns the truth of her past along the way. We dive into all the nitty-gritties within this series. Me and Catherine have such a good time. But first, let's dive into a little Laura J. Live update. 
Welcome to Read It With Whiskey, the interview podcast featuring science fiction and fantasy authors. My name is Laura Gentinen, your host and the author of the Shockwave series. I am also a book club moderator, speaker, and avid reader, truly invested in every author's story. Within this podcast, I bring to you, the reader, all the behind-the-scenes secrets to how these guest indie authors bring their books into the world. If you are a sci-fi fantasy reader, then you need to hear from these authors. Let's learn about the person behind the page. Sit back, sip some whiskey, and lean in to these self-published authors. All right, for our Laura J. Live update, you guys, my life has been very, very busy in a good way. Usually I don't like my life to be too full of adventures. <laughs> Honestly, I am a homebody. I like to read and podcast. <laughs> but I recently started a new job and I have been consumed and it has been absolutely incredible. But that does not mean I have not been working on my passions, my writing, my reading, and podcasting. So this month, I am working towards Static Equilibrium. Still, yes, still I am working on the third book in the Shockwave series. And it will end. It will finish. I promise you I will get it done. I've actually moved up my deadline to kind of prioritize this in my own hobby time that I have. Very little hobby time, but I do have some. So when I'm not reading or recording interviews, I am working on my book. And that's a lot easier said than done, to be honest. It's been quite the challenge. I started writing this book back in, oh gosh, well, I started outlining this book when I finished Oscillation Rising. And then uh, that lasted about a month. And then I started diving into the actually actual writing process in NaNoWriMo, November 2021. And I failed. I only wrote 30,000 words. And since then, I think I've written maybe 10,000 words. So that's like a month and a half since NaNoWriMo end. And I've only added just a fraction of what I need. The first two books in the series were both around 70,000 words. So I'm going to keep pressing ahead and uh, attempt to get this done so I can publish at the end of the spring 2022. So I'll definitely will keep you guys updated. Uh, but that's my Laura J Live update for this week. Just chugging along, trying to get the book finished. Oh, wish me luck, you guys. All right, but let's get into this interview with Catherine. Catherine, and welcome to Read It With Whiskey. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today about your book, The Markings. And it's more than just a book. It's a whole trilogy. So we're going to dive in and talk all about it. But first of all, tell our listeners, why did you decide to become a writer? So I actually started writing because of my love for reading. I found books to be this form of escape for me. My earliest memories when I started reading in fifth grade, that's really when it all started. Um, and I just fell in love with the idea of storytelling and I've been a writer ever since. So cool. <laughs> I love that when people have that in their childhood and they bring it in through. So developing into your adult career and all that, do you want to become a full-time author? What do you do currently? Well, currently writing is actually a creative outlet for me because I'm a sustaining engineer so my day job is very science heavy, technical, uses the left side of the brain. Um, so I love that writing gets to be my creative outlet. I kind of like the balance. So right now, I actually love that I get to do both. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I think once you do dive in full time, if you end up doing that in the future, it's like a whole different, different game. I was actually talking to someone about that concept in a different interview, how they went to full-time writing and then they didn't know how to function. 
because right. it was just well, it a just, hobby. It changes everything. Um, and, and a lot of with full-time writing is when it puts pressure on writing. And so I kind of love that the writing gets to still be this creative outlet for me. There's no pressure on it just yet. That's awesome. Definitely. Uh, so what, what is your favorite part besides that creative outlet that you get? What's your favorite part about being an author? My favorite part of being an author is usually just crafting a story. Anything from the very beginning, a blank page always gets me really excited. Uh, so that initial, what idea am I going to run with? Who are the characters going to be? What world can I set it in? Especially being a fantasy writer, um, I really enjoy that blank slate, building it up from the ground. That's my favorite part of being an author. That and also just connecting with readers has been wonderful. Um, when I started writing and publishing, I didn't know if anyone was going to read the book. I was like, I'm just want to get my story out there. So that contact with readers has been the surprise that I've, I've really enjoyed, especially with today and social media. It's so easy to connect with them. And that's been a, a huge plus of being an author. I love connecting with them. Definitely. I love the, the social media community around the bookish world. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I had no idea. Uh, and then with TikTok and BookTok blowing up, it's just really expanded that community of readers online. And I love that we have that. Yeah. I actually follow you on TikTok and you're like putting out videos all the time. I'm like, I can't keep up with this girl. <laughs> what has that been like? It's been crazy. TikTok is so new. It's still new to me. I've been on there for a year now, but it changes every, I feel like every day it's something different. And I've been really trying to balance book content to author content. So that's why I have so many videos out because I'll bounce between the two a lot because I have followers that are readers and then followers that are authors. So I try to balance the content over there. And it's just been this crazy new way to market books. But I think a lot of us, especially self-published authors, are really jumping on this train and having a lot of fun with it. It is. It's really fun. It's it's fun how you can be creative on a new outlet rather than just with writing. And you actually yes. brought it up self-published. So why did you decide self-publishing over a traditional route? So there are two big factors in why I chose to self-publish. Um, the first was just, I wanted control of the story. Um, this being my very first book, I felt very close to it. And so self-publishing gave me the freedom to make it exactly how I wanted it. This was a story I kind of came up with as a freshman in high school. So it's something I birthed very early on in my life and I've had it with me for a decade now. And so I knew when I went to publish it that I wanted to have full control. Uh, and then the second reason was just scheduling. I didn't um, want to be uh, locked into that traditional publishing outline. Whereas if you get an agent, it could still be another year or a year and a half before your book ever hit shelves. And I was just really wanting to take control of that. I didn't want to be on anyone else's schedule, especially um, working as an engineer and being so busy in my life that was something I needed to have control of was the scheduling. Definitely. And then having that whole, your writing process, I mean, everyone's writing process is a little bit different, but being that process being controlled by someone else is just like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm too busy for that. And I didn't like, you know, their, their deadlines could have been too conflicting with my engineering. So self-publishing gave me the freedom to set my own deadlines and write on my own schedule. So what is your, tell us a little bit about your writing process specifically for this trilogy. Sure. So my process has changed a little bit from the first book to the last book, just getting used to, to writing and publishing more than one book and finding a, a publishing outline that I like has changed. Uh, normally, I start with drafting. So that's when I'll sit down with the notebook and I'll go through my drafting stages, which usually consists of a loose overview. Uh, then I'll work on like facts. So for this book being fantasy, I'll work on the magic system. How does that work? Where does this world come from? Who are these characters? kind of get all the little details in place. Then I just do a basic story arc structure. 
I usually start with that climactic moment of the story because that's usually where the idea comes from mm -hmm. that huge like twist or betrayal or reveal at the end of the book that's kind of what drives the idea for a story so I'll start there and then kind of build around it and then once I have that done I usually outline chapter by chapter so I have a bullet list of here's everything that happens in chapter one and here's what happens in chapter two and that makes the actual uh, drafting part go really fast. Uh, and I've used NaNoWriMo a couple times to draft novels. And that really helps me keep to my timeline because I have such a tight, I put a tight timeline on myself because it's a trilogy. Um, I don't want readers waiting too long for the next book. So I try to write fast and I've used NaNoWriMo before for that. And that helps with having an outline, keeping my writing quick. And so, yeah, I'll usually outline, then draft, then I edit, then I give it to my critique partners to edit, then I give it to beta readers to edit, and then I go through another pass with my editor. So awesome. lots of editing. I think I do six or seven drafts before I hit publish. That's a feat. I'm a pantser. I feel like whenever <laughs> I plot things, like I've always been a pantser. So if I try to plot, my story runs away from me. <laughs> And it's like, nope, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go this way. I'm like, what are you doing? Have you had that come up while you're writing that a character's like, can we do this instead? Has that oh, happened? Definitely. Absolutely. There's a couple moments it actually does it in this trilogy. Um, I don't want to say any of it because usually the, the part that it runs away ends up being the big twist reveal at the <laughs> end. It's kind of like, oh, how about you do it? That You do this instead. That'd be so cool. And I was like, I wasn't planning on doing that, but you're right. <laughs> that could be a, a good twist. And so I, I found that in both the markings and the last book, Shuttered Visions, some of my favorite scenes I actually didn't actually draft or I didn't uh, outline. Very cool. And, but it's exciting then because then you know that even, even though you didn't plan it, you have the creative freedom to be like, okay, we can make that happen. So that's exciting. So I think we should fill our listeners in on what this series is about. Sure. So The Markings is a book that is set on, a, on dystopian Hawaii, uh, set in the future, basically after an asteroid shower has uh, hit Earth and basically knocked out a lot of civilization, but the people on this island off Hawaii survived. And some of these people have been infected with these asteroids and they have gifts. So we follow our main character, Adeline's story. She's a gifted with an enhanced sense of sight. Um, and on this world, the kingdom slaves gifted. So it's a matter of freedom or enslavement for her. And so she has to run for her life and try to find this safe haven for people like her. Oh. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, like spoiler-free version, just yes. like fair level. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it does. It encompasses the entire story in that. Oh, I love that. Okay. So where did this story come from? What inspired you to write it? So the markings, like I said earlier, um, I started writing as a freshman in high school. The original concept came to me in a dream, actually, which is so bizarre to me. And I, I still remember it very clearly because I, I wrote it in the book and it actually, a lot of it stayed, which is really cool. Um, but I remember I had this dream of this girl and she was overseeing her mother's execution, which is the very first chapter of the markings. Uh, I tweaked it a little bit, but that's basically the beginning of the book. And in the dream, I, she, she has the power she has in the book. It was in Hawaii, although in the dream, it just looked very tropical to me. And I had been on a vacation to Hawaii with my family about two or three years prior to that. So I think that's what you know inspired the dream was that setting, that tropical setting. And I actually hadn't read a book set in fantasy that was on such a like tropical island. So I loved that uniqueness to the story. Um, but yeah, I had that dream and that's what originally set the plot. And then a lot of the book was actually inspired based off that 2010 dystopian classics like The Hunger Games, Red Queen, Shatter Me were huge influencers for this book. 
Very cool. And that's actually funny because my trilogy was actually started from a dream as well. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of authors, they have that where, I mean, me personally, my creative brain is very active at night. I do most of my writing in the morning, but I get my ideas like before I'm going to bed or in my dreams. Yes. And it's just cool how many different authors are inspired through the dreams that they have or nightmares even. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm a very visual person. And so a lot of people will say when they read the book, they can see it like a movie because that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of where my ideas come from. I see them in my head first and then I write them down, which is why the dream worked out really well because it was kind of like this mini movie where it's like setting up what this could be and actually the I I had a, the idea for the trilogy the entire trilogy 10 years ago the day I had that dream I knew where it started and I knew the ending scene of the last book I didn't know any of the middle I didn't know how we got there but I had the opening scene of the trilogy and the last scene of the trilogy and both stayed true all wow. after all the editing and outlining they're both um, still original to the concept that is so cool. And that was actually going to be one of my questions was, was this ever going to be a standalone? But no, it was always a trilogy from the very beginning. It was always a trilogy. And like I said, I think a lot of it had to do with the inspiration from the Hunger Games and that mm -hmm. dystopian element. Like that was a trilogy. You'll see in the Hunger Games, it's split up into three parts, just like the markings is, has the part one, part two, part three, each are 10 chapters long. A lot of that is the same structure that I found from the Hunger Games, which is probably why in my head, it was always a trilogy. Yeah, for sure. And and it makes sense because dystopians do very well when they are trilogies. I don't know if it's just like the readers like that setup. I mean, I really like to read trilogies too. So no, <laughs> I'm the same sense. way. When I go to a series, I, I gravitate towards the trilogies because mm -hmm. it's I don't want just one book because I get invested. <laughs> I'm going to want more story from those characters. Um, but longer and bigger series always are daunting to me. <laughs> exactly. So I always see books as trilogies. <laughs> definitely yeah if I see more than three I'm like oh that's an investment of my time <laughs> exactly but three it's like okay I can binge read a little bit quicker and I definitely binge read the markings I read it very quickly because it had that hook where I was like okay what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next and it was very intriguing just even the world that you built this dystopian world but also the magic systems so let's dive into a little bit to each of those so your world building you kind of give us the inspiration Hawaii from this dream but you have a map that you had made did you make this or did you hire someone and tell us a little bit about the map sure so I made the map um, I made it myself using a software called GIMP it's actually really user-friendly for self-published authors because it's free it's a free form of, of um, Photoshop basically and I taught myself how to make the map through YouTube being my first book and being a self-published author I feel like you'll find that a lot in authors we, we teach ourselves how to do everything from the beginning yep. Now I will hire. I actually hired someone to make the map in the last book just because I don't have the time anymore um, and I know how much work it is. But I did make that map. It is the Hawaiian Islands, but they're all moved a little bit because it's set in the future, the plates, how things shifted. I, I just kind of played around with that, which I really enjoyed. So that's the map. And the world, like I said, was Hawaii. Specifically, this book is on Oahu, on that island. And there are some elements you'll find similar to the actual island like Sard, the main city is Honolulu. And so things like that stayed true to Hawaii, but like, where would it be in the future? I liked including those aspects that readers could pick up on and be like, oh, this is what that is today. That was kind of like the most fun part of writing a book that was dystopian, but setting it in the future, but readers being, oh, I recognize that, or that's what this is supposed to be. So that was cool. That's so cool that you, you mirrored 
Hawaii to the books. Oh, I love that. So now in the future, you're going to have to do like writing retreats in Hawaii or something. Right. That, <laughs> that's not trilogy. an issue. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> so much fun. And then, so that's the world building, but then the whole magic system. So you have this concept of the gifted. So kind of tell our listeners what the gifted are and maybe a few of the different categories that you can find characters in. So the magic system for this book is based around the five human senses. So that's hearing, sight, smell, taste, and touch. So that is the essence of the powers that are in the book. That's where the magic is rooted. Basically, these characters will each have an enhanced, enhanced sense of their one of the gifted. So for Adeline, she has an enhanced sense of sight, making her a force lifter. And that means she can control what she sees. Um, like her mother, who also has an enhanced sense of sight, but she's a future holder and she sees into the future. So there are different categories for each sense, um, and we kind of get to see a couple of them throughout the different characters in the book. There's a few of them that are featured in the markings. Do we get to learn about people who have all of the different senses throughout the series? So Crowning Keys, which is book two, um, really dives into the powers in each sense, um, and you learn about every single one of them and what each of them do. I didn't want to throw all of that into the <laughs> opening book, but it's definitely something that we build on in book two. Just like how these are the Hawaiian islands, the entire book takes place on one island. We actually do get to venture out into the rest of the world in the third book. So each book kind of grows and makes the world a little deeper. Oh, so exciting. I'm so excited to dive into book two. So as the author, are you a gifted? If you were to have one of these powers, which one would yours be? So I've played around with this a little bit because um, I know what they all do, but I always tend to go to Forest Lifter, which is Adeline's gift. And I think it's because I write from her perspective. Mm -hmm. And this is also a, a first, it's told in first person POV. So I'm really in Adeline's head. Um, and so that's why I think I would go towards a Forest Lifter. Actually on my author website, there's a quiz that you can take that tells you what kind of gifted you would be. And that goes along with the book and the different powers. And when I take it, I, I also always get a Forest Lifter. So that's what I would say. Oh, so cool. After we're done, I'm going to have to go on your website and do the quiz and see which one that I get. <laughs> oh, readers, readers love it because um, you get to, they'll tell you what power you have. And then when you meet a character in a book that has the same power as you, it's really cool to kind of connect with that character while you, as you read the series. Yeah, definitely. You can almost see a little bit of yourself in the character. In the so book, cool. right. You kind of get to be in the world with them, which is fun. So in writing this series, is a lot of Adeline's personality or her character is that based off of you at all or not so much? I don't think so. She, she is much braver than I am. She is, she is so brave and fearless. And a lot of it has to do with her character. She actually grew up in a prison cell for seven years. And so she is very detached from the world, but also she's detached from um, anything that could scare her because she doesn't know. She just kind of goes out there and gives, her, gives all of herself throughout the whole book, which I love. Um, a fun fact, though, for Adeline is my middle name is Adeline. So that is where her name comes from. But that's like where the similarities stop. <laughs> so I thought it was really fun to use my middle name as her name um, because the spelling is unique. Most, most of the times Adeline is spelled A-D-E-L-I-N-E, but mine is A-D-A-L-I-N-E. Uh, and I love just getting to feature something like that. It's just like a cute little fun fact. Yeah, cute little facts for you. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so much fun talking about characters and like where their inspiration comes from was there any character that is based off of a real person that you would want to share or is everyone kind of made up I think most people are made up but they could be inspired from other fictional characters okay. 
I see a lot of Alexander's qualities in PETA from Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. I think that they both, they're both very similar. And I actually, when I had character artists draw my characters, um, they would say, oh, what's your inspiration? I was like, just go for PETA. Cause like, that's kind of like the vision I had when I was writing him. I have found that other fictional characters could influence mine, but I don't take any people from my life and put them in my books. Not yet anyways. I don't know if I run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right. But when it comes to these characters, do you have a favorite? I would say my favorite, I really liked Zavi. I think she had a little attitude that I just really, really clinged to. She's one of my favorites, but how about you? Actually, a lot of people say they like Zavi because of the attitude she brings. Mm-hmm. She's just a breath of fresh air, I think, in all of her scenes. So a lot of people, I get that a lot, actually, that readers like her. For me, my favorite character is actually Alexander. And I and it wasn't that way to begin with. His story arc is one of those things when you asked me earlier about, do your plots ever skew and go a different direction? He's the definition of that. <laughs> where, where his story ended up was not where he began. And I loved where he ended up in the, in the end of this book, who he became, his background. And so I really gravitate towards his character and his um, past and then what he can bring to the rest of the trilogy. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm excited to see what happens with, well, with all of the characters and the place that you left us at the end of the markings lady. I was like, I need more right now. (laughs) It's quite the cliffhanger. Yeah, definitely. But I'm, I really liked it though, because it answered enough questions, but then it left enough open. And that's always like a hard thing to balance. You were able to give us what we needed, but also like not enough. So then we keep reading. And, and that's the purpose. That's the point of the book. So very cool. Yeah, I, I liked when I, where I ended it actually, what, what I thought of when I was picking the end was finish this journey, but start the next. Mm-hmm. So we finished the essence of the markings, what the plot was supposed to be. That did end. But I like jump started right into what, what's going to come and then left it hanging. So that's kind of where I ended that. And you'll see that reflected in Crowning Keys as well. I chose the same end of the plot of Crowning Keys. Now let's start Shattered Vision just to give them a glimpse of what's going to come. Definitely. And I think that's essential for sure for any type of trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And in this book, you'll find when you start the second one, it picks up right where it ends. So it's seamless, which is why it works so well to have a cliffhanger because you're going to pick up the next book right where you ended the first. Um, and so the trilogy itself can be read completely straight through. There's no gaps in time. I really like that. And now that the whole trilogy is out, it's the perfect time for new readers to come in because they don't have to wait for the next book to release, which, oh, readers hate that. I mean, I'm a reader and I hate that. So it's awesome that they're going to be able to just go straight through. So cool. Yeah, I was so excited when I finished this trilogy in September and released the last book that now readers can go from one to three. And I have found that a lot of readers were waiting for the whole thing to come out because they wanted to binge read it. And I completely (laughs) understand that. Uh, I actually wanted to write fast, like I said before, because I don't want to leave readers hanging there. So I was trying to get the books out. When the entire trilogy was published and I stepped back, that's when it hit me that I had finished writing a book. Like it wasn't when I published the first book or the Mm -hmm. second, like none of that actually felt real until I stepped back and saw all three together. Because like the story for me, it all had always been beginning and end. I knew where I wanted to go. So it didn't feel finished until all three were out. And now it's like, wow, (laughs) it's it's, (laughs) completed I actually published the trilogy the books are out it still feels um, very fresh oh that's so exciting (laughs) yeah it was so cool and coming up with the covers working with my cover designer when I saw it when the last book's cover came back to me and I could see all three side by side that's like the moment I was like that's it they all go together they fit 
this was the story I wanted to tell. So. So cool. So now that you've written a trilogy, you know the difficulty of writing a trilogy and tying these stories together, but you are also writing a few other books currently. So if if you were to look into the future, do you think you'll write more trilogies or series, or do you think you're going to write more standalones? I really want to say standalones, but I know it's not (laughs) Uh, because I've already started writing and I tried. I've written two new fantasy books. They were both supposed to be standalones and they're both no longer standalones. Oh no. I know. I was like, this is the story. These are the characters. It'll be great. And then you finish it and you're like, but what if this happened? And then the story continues and you can't stop it. You can't stop the story from forming. Um, So one of them ended up being a duology. I'm stopping it at two, no matter what, like that's where it's going to (laughs) end. The other one could be my first long series because I don't see an end. It's going to be at least three books. It could be more, but it was supposed to be a standalone. (laughs) three six maybe nine or twelve books but it was supposed to be one it's okay it was supposed to be one and that's what I found when I write fantasy is there's just so much that goes into it and Mm -hmm. the characters are so deep um that I can't get it all into one book but I am also I write young adult contemporary romance I have a standalone in that genre coming out in January and that is a standalone no more stories with those characters just the one so I think I can write standalones but it's just not in the fantasy genre Right, right. So let's talk about these projects that you are working on right now. So that book in January, what's that title and what is it actually about? So the book coming out in January is a young adult contemporary romance called Don't Read the Last Page. And it basically tells the story of Penny, who's a freshman in college. She comes home for her winter break and decides she doesn't want to go back to school. She didn't like the college she went to. She traveled all the way to California to go to college um, and missed her hometown. So she comes back home and rekindles with her ex-boyfriend they had broke up because she left but now that she's back that's not an issue anymore um and you kind of see their relationship rekindle and you learn their story and where each of them are going in their lives i had a lot of fun writing it as a contemporary set in our world which was so different from the markings i kept trying to like you know where's the magic where do all the powers (laughs) come from where's the secret twist where's the prophecy like things like that (laughs) that aren't in contemporary books but i had a lot of fun putting it in our world and actually researching it takes place in Colorado. So I did a lot of research about Colorado, um, the little town that I, I set it in. And it was just so cute. And I love writing it around the holidays. So it comes out in January. She comes home in January. So they parallel really well together. And so I had a lot of fun setting it in winter around Christmas and stuff like that. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's exciting. So that's one of your projects you're working on. And then we have a couple other that are coming out in 2022. So go ahead, tell us about those ones too. Sure. So the other ones are fantasy. Those go back to my roots. Um, I have a duology coming out. It's April and May. That's a portal fantasy. Basically follows the story of Ash and his sister. They fall through a painting that their grandma had at her house and they end up in a world called Pintura. And the whole entire time they're in Pintura, they're trying to get home to Earth. And the only way to get home is to win this game. So it's very much a Jumanji meets Narnia uh, where they play in this game that's basically alive in this world to get back home. And so that's a duology. And that's April and May. And then in October, I have my new series. It's currently called Spellbound Lies. That could change. That's still a working title. And that is a Jekyll and Hyde meets Beauty and the Beast retelling. And I've had so much fun writing that. It's a dark fantasy. It's still young adults. But I loved mixing the concept of the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. But his curse is a Jekyll and Hyde curse where he switches in and out of his forms. And that was so much fun to write. That's probably my favorite thing that I've ever written. 
Uh, and that's the one that I can't stop writing. It just, it's going to keep going because there's so much there to unpack. That is very cool. I have, I don't know that I've read one that's like that with those two stories mixed together. So it, this is going to be the one where you don't know how many books are in the series. Correct. I don't, <laughs> I was supposed to be a standalone. And then the, you start writing them and these characters are so in depth and there's so much story to tell that it just keeps going and going. Do you think you would you would bring in other fairy tales and it would turn into like a once upon a time TV show kind of thing? It very well could have. That's actually where the idea came from. I was okay. watching Once Upon a Time and it was the episode with Jekyll and Hyde. And I was like, wait a minute. I've never read a retelling of Jekyll and Hyde before. That's kind of cool. Um, and of course, in Once Upon a Time, the Beauty and the Beast characters are main characters. So I saw them interacting and I was like, let's just match those stories. That could work really well together. That's so cool. I love Once Upon a Time. I, I used to binge watch it and I haven't watched it recently, but, or is it done now? I, I think it, know. the original show just finished, but I think they have a spinoff or had one. I've only watched the original. I binge watched it last September, which yeah. is where the idea for the story came from. And <laughs> I wrote that last winter. So fun. Oh, well, you have so many things that are coming. I'm excited to see like all of these books coming out and like what you bring in the future because you're on a roll. Like I can't even imagine having this much uh, writing come out. And it's not like these books are small either. These are like full length novels for each one. And I'm just so excited to see what happens next. Yeah. So do you have any other um, exciting projects or things that you want people to know about moving forward? Those are my biggest things that I'm doing right now uh, and a lot of that comes with you'd asked earlier for one to ever be a full-time writer and to for me in my head to ever have achieved that I would need a really long back catalog mm -hmm. which is why I'm just pumping out these stories and I have <laughs> ideas I'm trying to get them out to build that back catalog I find that a lot with other authors that I've connected with it's mm -hmm. all about um, readers picking up one book but then you give them the option to read so many other stories by you so that's why I have so many projects going on right now yeah um, in addition to that, I do a lot of author business work. So I create um, chapter headers for books. I'll do formatting, um, mock-up photos for marketing, stuff like that. I'm really trying to grow that side of my author business. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, that's exciting that you're getting into all that. I've done my own formatting and I've done my own book covers and things like that. And it is, it's a feat. It is, it is difficult. And so it's like, where do I cut my how do I balance everything with writing and designing and oh so yeah that'll yeah, be exciting I, though I cut mine at chapter headers like I can create those and then like the cover's got to go to somebody else now <laughs> the map goes to somebody else just because I can I can deviate that time now yeah very um, cool those those are big projects for me I also just started a patreon that's very very new but I put a lot of bonus content there so mm -hmm. actually this month I just released five chapters from Alexander's point of view that takes place throughout the trilogy. So we get to see his POV and some stories and that shared on Patreon. And so I do a lot of fun stories like that with them. Very cool. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah, I'll definitely have all of the links for our listeners so that you can go straight there and check it all out. Um, but this wouldn't be Read It With Whiskey without talking a little bit about whiskey. However, you don't drink whiskey. So instead, we're going to talk about uh, what you do at the end of the day to kind of wind down and get ready for bed. What's your routine? So for me, at the end of the day, I always try to read. That is my reading time. Every single night, I try to set aside an, at least an hour. It always ends up being more because you start reading and you can't stop. But uh, that's what I do at the end of every day is I'll pick up a book and I'll read. Uh, and sometimes I find that's the only time I get to read. So I try to really stick to that schedule of always reading before bed. Um, and right now I'm reading A Shadow in the Ember. That just came in the mail for me like last week. It just came out and it's so good. So that's what I'm reading right now. 
So much fun. All right. So Catherine, tell our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they find your books and just keep in touch with you as you become this huge author and keep publishing all these books? (laughs) Yeah. So listeners can find me if they're interested in any of the markings books or my future projects. Uh, I am at Catherine Downen on basically all of my social medias. Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram, Twitter, the markings just have a Facebook page. And then for just author reader content on TikTok, I'm at author Catherine Downen over on TikTok. That one's still new, but if you're, I know a lot of people are on TikTok, so you can find me there. I also, like I said, have a Patreon, just Catherine Downen. And then I do sell signed copies all the time on Etsy. Um, I try to keep stock so you can always get a signed copy of any of the markings in paperback. And I do still have hardcovers with sprayed edges. And a lot of the hardcovers come with bonus content, um, chapters at the end of the book from other characters, POVs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so much fun. Thank you. I had so much fun talking with you today. Speaking with Catherine was so much fun. And of course, we always try to not do spoilers about the other books within the series. And I haven't actually had the chance to read the second and third book in the series. So the first book is The Markings, the second is Crown and Keys, and then we have Shattered Vision. And so I plan on reading the entire trilogy this year, 2022, if I get to it. But I didn't update you guys in the Laura J. Live update. I actually have a book buying ban going on right now, so I can't buy books yet. So hopefully I'll make it to this trilogy. And the book we talked about with Catherine, the young adult contemporary book, Don't Read the Last Page, is releasing on January 25th, 2022. So as this episode releases, the launch day is like next week. (laughs) So if you're listening to this far into the future, it was released on January 25th. So definitely go and check out the Markings series as well as the young adult contemporary Don't Read the Last Page. Yes, this podcast is for fantasy and sci-fi, but I mean, her book's coming out next week and I want you guys to go and get it. (laughs) And then of course, later on this year, she has a few other books to keep an eye out for. So definitely put those on your radar. And then next time here on the Read It With Whiskey podcast, we are going to be talking to T.S. Beyer. She is the author of Escaping First Contact, which is science fiction to the max. This book was so much fun to read and really big announcement. The sequel, A Threat Revealed, The Burnt Ship Book 2, is going to be out on January 21st. So her second book in the series is actually going to be out just before this episode goes live. So definitely stay tuned for that episode next week. And until then, have a good one, you guys. And definitely jump over to Patreon if you want to get some exclusive updates that I posted earlier this month. Some really fun episodes went out to my viewer tier subscribers, and I would love for you to join in. And if you missed it, I actually released a little bonus episode, and it's basically an informational about the Read It With Whiskey book club that's going to be coming out later this year. So if you want all the exclusives, head on over to that earlier episode at the beginning of January, or head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash readitwithwhiskey. All right, I'll talk to you guys next time. You've been listening to an episode of Read It With Whiskey. I am your host, Laura Gentinen, and I just wanted to personally hop in and say thank you so much for listening. Your support of the podcast means so much to me, and I would really appreciate it if you could go onto your favorite podcast platform and rate and review the show. By rating the show, you're going to help more people find the podcast so then we can grow. 
Once you review the show, share it on your social media. Share your favorite episode with your friends and come back next time to hear more from self-published authors. I'll talk to you soon.